Thanks for being out on this frosty morning and uh, braving the icy roads to worship God. It's great to be together. And our worship service this morning sort of has a tropical feel, though, in spite of the icy weather outside. I wasn't planning on a fiery sermon this morning, but I guess you're going to get one one way or the other. We're glad that we're, we're together today. Flattery is common in the world around us. You may encounter it on the job. You may encounter it among friends. You may encounter it in the neighborhood. Flattery is everywhere, it seems. Mark Twain said this about flattery. He said, when your friends begin to flatter you on how young you look, it's a sure sign you're getting old. I think that's probably pretty true. Pretty true. Flattery appeals to our pride, doesn't it? Dale Carnegie said this about flattery. He said, flattery is telling the other person precisely what he thinks about himself. And that's how flattery works, isn't it? It, 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 it takes the angle of, a, at, of your pride and it tries to tell you exactly what you think about yourself. And we need to be very careful about flattery. As the author Josh Billings said, he said, flattery is like cologne water. You should smell it but not swallow it because flattery will get you in trouble. And it's a very dangerous thing spiritually. Norman Vincent Peale said this, the trouble with most of us is that we'd rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. Flattery is very dangerous. This morning I want to talk about flattery. To start, we need to talk about what is flattery. Webster's defines flattery as insincere or excessive praise. Insincere or excessive praise. The Cambridge Dictionary defines flattery as the act of praising someone often in a way that is not sincere because you want something from them. So insincere praise or complimenting often with the idea of manipulating that person to get something that you want from them, flattery. As we begin this morning, I want to be clear that we define what flattery is not. And flattery is not necessarily just complimenting or praising someone. It is not necessarily flattery if I compliment you or praise you. Maybe you have a, a new outfit. A job with something. It's outfit. That's not necessary flattery. If you do a good job with something and, uh, and, and, and you've really excelled, it's not necessarily flattery for me to compliment you and say you did a great job. That's not. And I know that's not the case because Jesus complimented people. You remember in Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, in the, as he encountered the faith of the centurion who had a servant who was sick, notice what Jesus said. Jesus marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Jesus complimented people when they needed to be complimented. Paul, you remember in his epistles, complimented people when they needed to be complimented. Complimenting people, praising someone is not, not flattery necessarily unless you're doing it insincerely and you're doing it to obtain favor. Flattery. This morning I'd like to talk with you about flattery and its associated sins. Because flattery is bad. And it comes with a host of sins that accompany, accompany it. And it will cause us great harm if we are the one who is giving the flattery and if we're the one who's receiving the flattery. What are those sins that are associated with flattery? What are some of the problems with flattery? 
I want to tell you that flattery is wrong and sinful, and it is associated often with the showing of partiality and factiousness. Many people will use flattery as a way to create a party spirit or gain a following. If you want to get someone on your side, an easy way to do this is to spread on a little flattery. Tell them how wonderful they are. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Tell, you, tell them how they excel at this or that. It's used often by those who want to have this party spirit, who want to get people on their side, who want to show partiality to certain people and not to others. They will often use flattery as a tool to accomplish that objective. In Job chapter 32, verse 21, Job says, Let me not, I pray, show partiality to anyone, nor let me flatter any man, for I do not know how to flatter, or else my maker would soon take me away. Partiality and flattery, you see here, are put together. Showing partiality in our flattering. You ever seen this done in the church? Chances are you have. Someone wants to create a clique. Someone wants to get a certain group of people around them. What do they do? They start to flatter to get people to come to them. Someone wants to create a division or create a faction in the church. What do they do? They start to flatter people to get people on their side. Flattery is a tool of those who are divisive. Someone wants to get, a get people against the preacher or they want to get people against the elders or they want to get people against another member. What do they do? They start to flatter those that they think they might be able to get to agree with them so they can create this party spirit. Romans chapter 16 talks about flattery and how it can be used in a divisive way. Romans 16, beginning of verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Those who are going to create these divisions, how are they going to do it? They're going to do it by flattery. I've seen it. You've likely seen it. Divisions caused and created with the aid of flattery. Flattery causes partiality and can cause factiousness. Flattery also, I want to tell you, is a part of false teaching. Closely related to this is that false teachers will use flattery often to spread false doctrine. False teachers will use flattery as a way to get a following. They understand uh, that many will ascribe to a teaching, not because it's found in the Bible, but many get other people to like them and to think highly. And if someone can get other people to like them and to think highly of them, then they know that they'll likely accept the teaching that they're spreading. And they can manipulate people they know by means of flattery to get them to accept error. Back in Romans chapter 16, the passage we just looked at, notice this again. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who caught division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned. These are false teachers. You need to avoid them. Why? For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. They're teaching something that's contrary to the doctrine of Christ. And how are they doing it? They're using flattery to deceive. It's nothing new. 
Daniel talked about folks who would do this as well in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. In Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Those are going to do wicked things contrary to the covenant, contrary to what they're supposed to be doing. How are they going to get people on their side? By flattery. Have you ever known the charismatic person who came in and began to get people on his side or began to get people on her side because they started using flattery? Started flattering people and started people started getting associated with them and then they could lead them away in their false doctrine. I want to tell you, false teaching is very closely associated with flattery. Temptation is also associated with flattery. The scriptures are clear that oftentimes temptation is preceded by flattery. Tell something that they want to hear, inflate their pride a little bit with a little bit of flattery, and then you can lead that person around by the nose. Those who want to tempt others know this. The Proverbs talk about the seductress who uses this tactic in Proverbs chapter 7, verse 5. That they may keep you away from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. The seductress flatters with her words. And it goes on in chapter 7, verse 21, and says, With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. It doesn't take much imagination to imagine how that flattering speech might go to a young man to tell him how handsome and what a wonderful man he is and lift up his pride. And then the seductress has him where she wants him. But the seductress is not the only one to employ this tactic. We like to be around people who like us. We like to be around people who think highly of us. And the flatterer can feign liking us or thinking highly of us to get us to engage in sin. Many times a flatterer is flattering us because he or she wants us to engage in some type of sin with them because flattery often proceeds temptation. Flattery is often associated with, I'm sorry, temptation is often associated with flattery. Another sin that's obviously associated with flattery is the sin of lying. The definition of flattery explains how flattery is often dishonest. It's insincere praise. It's telling someone what you think they want to hear, whether you really believe it or not. And I will tell you, in the life of a Christian, there should be no allowance for this type of speech. Our yes should be yes and our no, no. And flattery is the opposite of that. Flattery is insincere Notice how it goes for the flatterer. In Psalm 5, verse 9, Psalm 5, verse 9, it is not yes, yes, and no, no for the flatterer. No, in Psalm 5, verse 9, it says, For there's no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. There's no faithfulness in their mouth. You can't trust what they're saying. Have you ever felt this way when you've been flattered? Have you ever felt, well, I can't trust that. I think that person is just trying to flatter me. I don't think they're being sincere. I don't think they're speaking the truth. I don't think they're speaking what they really feel. I think they're just sort of buttering me up. You ever felt that way? 
This can't be our reputation or practice as a Christian. When we tell something to someone about themselves, it needs to be honest. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to tell them you think their dress that they're wearing is ugly. Or you think their new hairdo is really, uh, you, they got ripped off and they shouldn't have paid anything for that hairdo. Or you think that the dish that they brought to the potluck is great when you really or you think it's bad, you think, but you tell them it's great. We can't be like that. We can't tell them something that's dishonest, but we don't have to tell them everything that we feel. But the objective of flatterers is to deceive. The objective of flatterers is to not be honest. And we can't be that way. Romans 16, verse 18, talks about those with flattering speech who deceive. Flattery is meant to deceive. And we've got to keep this type of deceit from our lips. 1 Peter 3, verse 10, He who would love life and see good days, let him flatter his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Flattery is insincere. It's saying something that we don't really feel to appeal to the pride of the person that we're talking to. We can't be like that. We can't engage in flattery that is deceitful and that is lying. Something very closely with this is the idea of being double-tongued. Flattery is associated with being double-tongued. The problem of saying one thing to one person and then the opposite to something to someone else. Telling Margaret that her new hairdo looks great but whispering to someone else that you think it looks hideous. Telling the preacher that he had a great sermon on your way out the door and then complaining about it and criticizing him all the way home. Telling one person what they want to hear and then saying what you really think to someone else, being double-tongued. It's very closely associated with lying, but it is a problem. And flattery can cause us to be double-tongued. Psalm 12, verse 2. Psalm 12, verse 2. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. You see the problem? I'm telling you what you want to hear. But I'm really expressing other feelings to someone else. I'm not being truthful. I'm being double-tongued. We have to avoid this. Deacons are told that they cannot be double-tongued in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. And I don't believe that this is a prohibition against being double-tongued just for those who want to be deacons. I believe it's something we all need to be careful about. Deacons are told they must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money. Beware of someone who's a flatterer. Napoleon Bonaparte said this, He who knows how to flatter also knows how to slander. And that's true, isn't it? Because a flatterer is going to be double-tongued. He knows how to flatter you in one breath, and in the next breath he knows how to slander you. It's also been said that he who says something to your face that he wouldn't say behind your back will also say something behind your back that he wouldn't say to your face. He who says something to your face that he wouldn't say behind your back will say something behind your back that he wouldn't say to your face. Being double-tongued. A flatterer is also often double-tongued. Flattery is also closely associated with gossip. Closely related to this is the sin of gossip. The flatterer will often flatter you to get fodder for their gossip. 
If he or she can manipulate you by means of flattery to say or do something you wouldn't normally say or do, then the gossip mill has been fed. The gossip has what he or she wants. If they can flatter you, get you to do something, and manipulate you into saying something that they can then run and tell someone else, they've got what they want. Maybe they can use a little flattery to get you to open up and communicate something that they can use against you in gossip. Or maybe they will appeal to your pride by flattering you so they can cause you to do something that's embarrassing and then they have something that they can use in the area of gossip. Or perhaps they can tempt you to do something sinful and then again, they've got good gossip material. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 19 links the sin of gossip with that of flattery. In Proverbs 20, verse 19, He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore do not meddle with him that flattereth with his lips. Do you see that, how they're connected? The talebearer, you need to avoid. How do I know that he's a talebearer? Where if he's flattering with his lips? I need to avoid him. Because they go together. Gossip and flattery are two things that go together. Something else that goes together with flattery is the sin of greediness and selfishness. Greediness and selfishness is a problem that flatterers have. Flatterers often use their flattery to manipulate people to get what they want. Perhaps they want your money, and they will flatter you in such a way to get you to give them that money. Paul talks about this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5, Paul says, For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. God is witness. Paul says some would use flattery to conceal their covetousness as a shroud to conceal the fact that what they're really after is something that you have. You know, you don't just come out and tell someone you're coveting their stuff. No, what you could do is you could first butter them up with copious amounts of flattery. And then they'd open up and be like putty. And you might have a chance of getting their stuff. Covetousness associated with flattery. Or maybe it's just that people want to get their way. You know, sometimes people are selfish and they want their way. They want to be catered to. They want things to be done their way. They want to be the ones who get to say this or that. Maybe they're just selfish, and they want their interest above your interest. Jude tells us that people like that often use flattery to get their way. Jude verse 16, These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to get advantage. Have you ever known someone like that? Who would flatter you so that they could get their way? Jude says people are like that. Maybe you've seen it in the church. Maybe you've seen someone who wants a decision made a certain way. What do they do? They start to flatter people. They start to use insincere praise to puff people up so that they can get their way and people will agree with them. Flatterers are ultimately selfish. They use flattery to manipulate the unsuspecting to get what they want. And finally this morning, I want to tell you that flattery is associated with a lack of love. Flattery ultimately hurts its recipient. 
Ultimately, flattery hurts the one who receives it. And it demonstrates a great lack of love. Flattery exploits a weakness in the person that it's targeted towards to accomplish an objective that the flatterer has. It enlarges the pride of the hearer so that the flatterer can manipulate their feelings or actions. Flattery does great harm because flattery is not based on love. Proverbs chapter 24 verse, 26, verse 24 says, He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him. For there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will soon be, will be revealed before the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall in it. And he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. I'll tell you, the flatterer, as he or she is lifting up your pride and flattering you, they do not love you. They're covering up their hatred with their tongue. They're being deceitful. They're being manipulative. They are acting in ways that will cause ruin. Flattery is a problem because it is associated with a lack of love. It does great harm and great ruin. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 5, it says, A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Flatterers are setting a net for the feet of the one that they're flattering. Flattery does great harm. It works ruin. It is not based on love. In fact, it's based on hatred, a lack of love. And it is guised by these fake, insincere words. And we need to avoid flattery. Flattery is associated with all kinds of sin, showing partiality, causing factions, false teaching, temptation, engaging, being double-tongued, saying one thing to one person and something else to someone else, engaging in gossip, being greedy and selfish and lacking love. Certainly, uh, flattery is a problem. It's insincere. It hurts the recipient, and it needs to be avoided. It needs to be avoided with great care and be, to, be, to avoid it. Well, what about you today? Are you right with God? You know, there are some who use flattery in their preaching and their teaching. There are some who... Tell people that they're right when they're wrong. There are some people who tell people who are engaged in sin that it's okay, don't worry about it, everything's great. That person is flattering, isn't he? Or she. I tell you, it's not, flat, it's not good and it's not helpful to tell someone they're okay when they're not. What we all need is the truth. And when there are problems in our lives where we're not lining up with what God says, then it would be a great disservice to tell someone they're okay when they're not. In fact, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 23 says this, He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. I want to tell you this morning that if you're not living like you should, you need to be rebuked. And that is, you need to be rebuked so that you can be right with God. 
because that's what you need. That's what we all need, isn't it? And if someone comes to us and says, listen, I don't think you're lining up with what God expects from you, then we ought to appreciate that person. And the question for us all to think about this morning is, if we're not right with God, can we encourage you to get right before it's too late? If you're here this morning, you're not a Christian. If you have not become a Christian by putting on Christ, as we talked about this morning, in baptism, if you've not been baptized for the remission of your sins, Acts 28, Mark chapter 16, verse 16, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, if you've not put on Christ in baptism, would you do that now before it's too late? Or if you're here and you've become a Christian, but you've drifted away, maybe the sin of flattery is one of the problems that you've had. Maybe you haven't been honest in the way you've dealt with people. Would you make correction to that? And if we could help, will you let us know while we stand and sing?